Philippians chapter number 4. Philippians chapter number 4. Um, we have been working through Philippians for a while um, now, several, I guess a couple of months now, a few months now. And um, yeah, I've been there a little while. And um, it's actually, it, yeah, we, we, we have made better time in this book than we have um, any other book uh, that we've been through. Do what? Yeah, Colossians 3 we was there uh, for a long time long time uh, but we have made it to chapter four um, now I, I I do think let me let me kind of give you um, a, a little bit of understanding just overall general like theme of the book is joy and peace and when you go back and, and you look at the first three chapters you go back and look at the first three chapters you're really gonna find out that this idea of joy and this idea of peace, are all centered around Jesus Christ, like like it, everything that everything that the Apostle Paul is is writing to this church at Philippi, he is writing for the betterment of their understanding that joy and peace does not come from circumstances, it doesn't come from things, it doesn't come from this, it does, it comes from Jesus Christ, and and so when when we look at peace and we look at joy and 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 how many of you understand? That peace and joy are big deals in our lives. Like, I, I don't care what anybody has to say about this statement because I know it to be true in most every person I've ever dealt with in terms of counseling that any time that a person doesn't have peace, they have problems. When they don't have peace, they have problems. And and when you do have peace, you know, when, when, you're, when you're, you're looking at at, at, uh, at this understanding of peace, and you're looking at this understanding of, uh, of joy, especially when you come at it from Philippians chapter number 4. Uh, verse number 7, uh, you can, you're going to need your Bible tonight, but verse number 7, he says, uh, the peace of God which passeth all understanding. Verse number 9, he, he actually says, the God of peace shall be with you. Now, what, what I do know, what I do know, when we looked and we finished chapter number 3, uh, we finished chapter number 3 on this idea of continual discipleship, this deal to where we're always growing. And then we, we finished with, with this understanding of, of, of godly leaders in our church and, and what that looked like as far as uh, godly leadership going forward. When you roll over into, and it's, it's extremely ironic that we roll, that we finish with that idea of godly leadership, and, and, and we looked last week, I, you know, I've been debating, there's, uh, when you go back and look at chapter number three, it's really interesting, I know a lot of people uh, that, that kind of want to fault Paul for follow me as I follow Christ, or be you followers together of me, and mark them which walk so as, as you have us for an end sample, uh, th those, are, th those are pretty strong words, right? How many of you understand when you start telling people to follow you, that's a pretty strong word? Like if you don't think that's a big deal, then you think you're a bigger deal than you actually are, right? If you don't think that, you're, you don't think that statement is a, in your mind could be perceived as high-minded, then you, you got a problem with being high-minded, okay? Does that make sense? Okay, all right. 
Here, here's the deal, though. When we finished chapter number 3, there was a parenthesis, and inside of that parenthesis, there is something that is just absolutely amazing to me. Uh, he said, For many walk, of whom I told you often, and now tell you even weeping, that they are the enemies of the cross of Christ. So in chapter 3, we finished off with this idea that there are enemies of the cross of Christ. Now, when we say enemies of the cross of Christ, you automatically think salvation, this and that. Well, I, I, I personally think he's talking about the idea of Romans chapter number 12 becoming a reality, of, our, of us presenting our bodies living sacrifice that's wholly acceptable unto God because, you know, well, because of reasonable service, right? Okay? That it's actually being an enemy of the cross the cross that we should pick up every day in our life. Amen? Okay? He, he, he's saying that the inside the parentheses, I, I want you to follow me, but here's, here's, if you don't follow me, here's what you need to know. Inside that parentheses, there are going to be people that are enemies of the cross, whose end is destruction, whose God is their belly, whose glory is in their shame, who mind earthly things. Like, comma, Comma, comma. This is all the things you don't want to follow. Because when you follow those things, when you follow those things, well, you yourself are, are going to end up being an enemy of the cross. Okay? Does that make sense? Well, he rolls over into chapter number 4, and he starts out with this therefore. And, you know, it's just a good practice that when you see therefore in your Bible, you go back and, you know, it's kind of cliche, whatever. But I still do it every time I read the Bible. If I see a wherefore or a therefore, I stop and I, I you know, I just got done reading. Maybe what I just read. I go back and I read again. Why? Because it's a good idea to do it. It's a good practice to get involved in, okay? Therefore, so, so, so because of all of that, because of all of this understanding of, of what, it, what godly leadership actually looks like, Therefore, my beloved brethren, uh, my brethren, dearly beloved, and long for my crown, uh, my joy and my crown, stand fast in the Lord, my dearly beloved. All right. Now, verse number two is a little bit different. He says, "I beseech you, Odius, and I beseech Syntyac, that they be of the same mind in the Lord." Now, this is two women. And I entreat thee also, true yoke fella, help those women which labor with me in the, in the gospel, with Clement also, and with, uh, and with other my fellow laborers, whose names are in the book of life. Verse 4, rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. Now, one of the things that, one of the things that you're, you're really going to find uh, when you go into chapter number 4 and you're coming off the heels of chapter number 3, there, there is still this understanding, and, and obviously in chapter number 4 we're still dealing with peace, but there, we're still dealing with this element of peace that is involved in, a, in, a, in chapter 4 and verses 1 in a relationship area, okay? He specifically addresses two women, and he, and he says you, you need to be of the same mind. And, 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 and why would he address it? Anybody know? I'll give, it's a, it's a million-dollar question. It's really easy. I ain't got a million dollars, but 
Why would he address that? It's just the opposite side of this thing. Because obviously they were not of the same mind. Does that make sense? I know it's really hard. Sometimes you're like, man, this, this, dude, this, dude, this dude's so simple, it's just way too easy to get. Uh, it, I, and when I read it, I read it like that. I'm like, oh, well, they need to be of the same mind because, well, obviously, uh, this is an admonition because they were not of the same mind. Does that make sense? Okay? So it's, you know, don't overthink the Bible. It's really not to be overthunk. You can. Uh, that's why God wrote it in such a common way. Uh, so so, so there, there's, there's a relationship that's having an issue. And, 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 there, and there's, there's, there's going to be some disunity that is coming from this relationship. And so the, the antidote for the disunity in the church is going to be peace amongst the brethren, unity amongst the brethren. And, and, and how that works is relationships have to be right, right? We have to have relationships where they need to be. And the good news about that is we can. We can have relationships where they need to be. Uh, you know, I've, I've given some stats in here over the weeks about peace uh, and the other side of that. Uh, for adults, 44 years and younger, uh, suicide is the second leading cause of death. You know why? You don't know why 44 years and younger, that group that 44 year old and younger are are killing themselves, the second leading cause. They don't have any peace. They don't have any peace. They can't get along with people. They don't. They, they can't get along with the church because most of them don't go to church, right? You know the biggest problem with 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 churches that force you into relationships is we're living in an age that don't know how to have relationships. Right? You, you're living in a, hey, I mean, I don't know if you know it or not, but you're raising kids, you're raising kids in the church right now that are, that are polar opposites. You, we got teenagers that are polar opposites of the world because they're being raised to have functional relationships with people. That's just a different thing. The idea of discipleship that's being implanted into these kids in, 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 uh, in the teen group and the idea of discipleship is being given to the one kid. Hey, look, that's a different deal altogether because it forces relationships, right? So, 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 so 42 million adults uh, have been diagnosed with clinical anxiety. You know, you know what that is? That's one in six people. The U.S. is uh, is number one in the nation, uh, excuse me, number one in the world for substance abuse. Number one in the world for substance abuse. So, so how do how do I go about this idea? Well, well, Romans fourteen. You, you don't got to write it. You don't got to turn there, but you can you can write it down if you want to. Romans fourteen said, "Let us therefore follow after these things." which make for peace, and the things wherewith one may edify one another. Uh, 2 Corinthians 13 says it like this in verse number 11. Finally, brethren, farewell, be good, uh, excuse me, be perfect, be of good comfort, be of one mind, live in peace in the God of love, and peace shall be with you. So I, I'm looking at this thing, and I'm looking at it from a practical place, and I'm, 
I'm I'm trying to cipher out. All right. God, God is God's got got me in a place to where we need to understand. There's some things that are going to take away my peace, and in one of those places, they're relationships. Relationship problems. It doesn't matter. Marriage problem, marriage marriage relationship problems, friend relationship problems, church relationship problems. It doesn't matter what they are. They will take your peace. There, there, has, there, there, is, there has been countless numbers of people in the last 10 years that chose to leave this place rather than face a relationship that needed to be reconciled. They just walk out. You know why? Because we, we don't have a buy-in anymore. Well, it's easier just to leave. That's why the that's why that's why the marriage rate, uh, divorce rate, so high. Because there's no buying no more, right? Well, so how do we? So so what? Well, so how are we going to make it? Well, let's let's look at some stuff just practically uh, for us that that may uh, that may help us that may help us actually stand uh, when when it's when it's just absolutely, when it's just absolutely going crazy. Okay? Let's pray before we do it, and then we'll jump right into it. Lord, thank you for this day. Thank you for this night. I pray that you bless it. I pray God that you honor it in Jesus' name. Amen. I want you to look in verse number 1. Uh, verse number 1, he, 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 he wants us to understand that standing, standing should be priority over quitting. Standing should be priority over quitting. Look in verse number 1. He says, so stand fast in the Lord. Stand fast in the Lord. Now, what you need to, what you need to know, we're not talking about physical posture here. We're not talking about from a physical state. This has to do with your standing before the Lord. This has to do with your standing in the Lord. This has to do with your standing in grace, and with your standing in the power of God. And, and, and here, here it is. We are not moved away from those things that we know are true because we are having issues in relationship problems. He said, stand fast. <clears throat> what did he say? Stand fast in the Lord. So, so, the, so the natural, the sad reaction for the natural man is this. I got conflicts, and so what am I going to do? I'm going to quit. Right? I'm going to quit. I'm going to quit discipleship. I'm going to quit church. I'm going to quit the faith. I'm going to quit my marriage. I'm going to quit fellowship. I'm going to quit this. I'm going to quit that. And, and here's the thing. Division will cause people to quit. Division will cause people to quit. And so he, 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 comes, out of, he comes out of the gate. And, and look, what you, what you... Man, can you imagine being in the church at Philippi? And hearing your name, I mean, you're sitting in the pew, maybe you're sitting around. I don't know how they had, maybe they had some chairs set up. Maybe they called a, a meeting and they're out at such and such place in front of the church. And I, I don't know how this went down. But can you imagine being there and, and this letter's being read for the first time and you hear your name? He said my name. Oh, and he said your name too. 
He said, he said, he's saying, uh, all right, all right, so stand fast in the Lord, my dearly beloved. Are you ready? We'll just say, we'll say it like for, for the sake of, of getting the, the context of what's going on. So, so, so stand fast in the Lord, my dearly beloved. I beseech Sean and I beseech Lee that they be of the same mind in the Lord. Now, I know Sean. Sean's going to be mad. Sean's going to be mad. He's not going to be mad at Paul. He's going to be mad at whoever ratted him out. Sean's going to be saying, man, stitches get, snitches get stitches, son. Who did this? That's what Sean's going to be thinking. Well, I'm going to be embarrassed. Be like, man, Paul done said my name up in this place. Like, I didn't know it was that bad. I didn't realize it was that. So, so, so he, he, he gives this idea all right, so, so you need to stand fast in the Lord. Why? Because you're, there, there's a problem. There's, there's a problem right now. It's true. It's true in a nation. It's true in a church. That united we stand, divided we fall. It's true in a family. It's true in my house. It's true in your house. It's true in your mind. Why? Because James said it like this, that a man that has two minds, a double-minded man, he's unstable in all of his ways. And the application folds right over into the church. The church that is double-minded, it'll be unstable. It'll be unstable. Now, I don't know. I don't know what... I don't know what you odious and and Sintioch had going on. I don't know what they's fighting about. I don't know if they's fighting about about the color of the blinds in the church or the curtains or color of the carpet. I don't know. I don't know what they're fighting about. We fought about biscuits over here in in, uh, in the fellowship hall one morning. <laughs> I, I mean, somebody didn't get the due they were deserved over some biscuits one morning, and all of Satan's hell was was unleashed in this joint. Now you think I'm playing, but God's honest truth, bunch of babies. I don't know. Maybe maybe it was maybe it's the devil that's constantly trying to sow discord. I mean, his he is the accuser of the brethren. He does threaten unity between brothers and sisters. But ultimately, whatever, it, whatever the, 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 the discord was, here's what usually happens. It usually moves people away from Christ. You ain't got to say amen right there, but you know it's true. Most of the time, there's any kind of discord. It's because we're being moved away from Christ. So what happens? Paul exhorts you and me to stand fast, to not be moved away. Don't let Satan win. Don't, don't, don't let Satan win in this whole thing. Stand fast on God's promise. Stand fast on God's word. And, and here it is. When you face the conflict, resolve it. Right? So you won't be moved away. I mean, how many of you understand that that in your time in church, sometimes it's been awkward. Sometimes it's, sometimes it's been super awkward. I mean, I don't know how many times you think 
It ain't always rainbows and unicorns up here preaching to y'all jokers. Sometimes it's just super awkward. Like I sometimes I, I, I struggle not to close my Bible halfway through and be like, man, I study really hard for this. And I, st- I, I, I just soon wait till everybody was ready. Sometimes I just feel like it's a waste. And, and, and you know what? I, I, I have to press through. Sometimes discipleship is so stinking painful because the person that you're looking at is you're having to, I mean, you're having to do everything that you don't want to do. Sometimes the ministry is so discouraging, so discouraging, that you ask yourself, why am I doing this to start with? Why, why, why are we holding to this to start with? Why, 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 are we hold, why, why, why are we holding to this thing to start with? Why don't, we, why, why don't we do something to gather more people, to get a bigger crowd together, uh, to make it more enjoyable for everybody? Well... One, that ain't how Jesus did it. Philippians chapter 1, he already set it up. And he said, only let your conversation be as it becometh the gospel of Christ. That whether I come and see you or else I be absent, I may hear of your affairs that, you ready? That you stand fast in one spirit and with one mind, striving together for the faith of the gospel. And then he goes over into chapter number 4. I mean, he sets this thing up with an introduction. Everybody understands that, right? Paul, Paul, Paul's figured this thing out. He's like, all right, I'm going to jot this down because when I get, I'm going to circle back around. He went, you know, as old-timers would say, Philippians chapter 1, verse 27, he's preaching. Philippians chapter number 4, he's meddling. Because now he's naming everybody. He, he, he's, he's went now where he's naming everybody's name. Too many people quit church. They quit, they quit church, they quit the faith, they quit their marriage. They, they quit. Why? But because there's conflict. And, and because there's conflict, they end up go, their peace goes, goes awry. Instead of standing fast in the Lord. You can have peace if you'll just stand fast in the Lord. Even when it's stupid, even when it's all crazy, even when 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 it, when you're the you're the worst person on the planet, you can stand fast in the Lord. When you are the bad guy, when you are made out to be the vic, the, the 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 vicious, malicious, stand fast in the Lord. If you ain't got nothing to be wrong about, stand fast in the Lord. There's no sense in caving if you if you ain't got nothing to to cave on. Stand fast in the Lord. So let's look at let's look at another one. Uh, unity, unity must be a priority over victory. Unity must be a priority over victory. Now, uh, nobody likes losing. Well, I, don't know, I think some people don't care, but I don't like losing. We'll say that. We know Jordan don't like losing. We know Tory don't like losing, although they are the biggest losers. She, I'm preaching. Not you. 
We, want, we, don't, want, we don't want to talk about Westron. <laughs> but he says, here, here, here it is. Be of the same mind, verse 2. Be of the same mind. He, says, he calls them to stand fast in the Lord. And then he says, be of the same mind in the Lord. Be of the same mind in the Lord. Romans 12, he, he, Romans 12 says, verse 16 says, be of the same mind one toward another. Now, now what's interesting about Romans 12 is the context is bless them which persecute you, rejoice with rejoicing, weep with weeping, don't recompense evil for evil. But be of the same mind one toward another. Now, that's, that's the context this Romans 12 deal. He goes down to verse number 18, 18 through, uh, 18 through 21. He, he says in verse 18, If it be possible as much as life, uh, life in you, what is it? We, we know, a lot of us know this. Live peaceably with all men. Dearly beloved, avenge not yourself, but rather give place unto wrath. For it is written, Vengeance is mine, saith the Lord. I will repay, saith the Lord. So he says, Euodius, that's the craziest name ever. And, and sin, uh, syntax sounds like some kind of sounds like some kind of drug from the Japan. So what what are they arguing about? Well, I don't know. But here's what I I do know. I, I do know this. He is calling them to be like minded. You better do something about that boy. He's calling them to be like-minded. He's calling, here it is, you ready? He's calling both parties to recognize what? You know what? You, you're, you're actually, all you are is two sinners that's been saved by grace. You have the same authority, you're supposed to be under the same submission, and you're supposed to be in, the ser in service to the same Christ. Now, now here it is. I, 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 I want you, evidently, now, now what, what I do think, I, do, I don't think this is a doctrinal issue. Why? Because we all know how Paul feels about doctrinal issues. Those are reasons to separate. Those are reasons to argue. Those are reasons to, to, to if you would, contend for the faith. Right? Maybe, maybe it's a position problem. Maybe they're worried about a position problem. I, I, don't, I don't know. But Paul laid this thing out for him. He laid this thing out for him. He, he, he said, fulfill you my joy that you be like-minded. Having the same love. And this is Philippians chapter number 2 for any of you that, that may not have been in here or, or, or want to go back and look at that. Philippians chapter 2, verses 2 through 4. Be, uh, Fulfill ye my joy and be like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord and of one mind. Let nothing be done through strife or vainglory, but in lowliness of mind let each esteem other better than themselves. Look, not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. Verse 14, he says, Do all things without murmurings and disputings. You see, here, here's, here's what, here's what we, if we're not careful... We'll fall into the trap. We'll fall into the trap of letting small, insignificant things overrun what actually matters 
in ministry. What actually matters in ministry. And 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 what what here's these these are leaders in the church. How many of you know that uh, Paul's probably Paul's not gonna Paul's not just addressing anybody. Everybody understand that? These are not just, just people in the church. These are leaders in the church. These are prominent people in the church in positions of leadership. And here's what you need to know. Prominent people in positions of leadership in church that can still fall into division. So what does he do? Man, he just calls it out. He just calls it out. And he's like, man, here it is. This is what you got to do. We can't, we, 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 can't keep, we can't keep doing this. We got we to deal with, with this thing right now. Okay. Um, let's look at the next one. Council. Uh, Council. Now, this is, this, you're, you got, you. This one needs to be deep, okay? Counsel should always be prioritized over feelings. Counsel should always be prioritized over feelings. Your feelings will tell you all kinds of crazy things if you let them. Your feelings will tell you that that you, that somebody said something or did something or thought something or meant something some kind of way and it not actually meant that way or said that way or any such a thing. And so this whole idea is that, that these two women are part of this church. They're prominent people. I, I mean, some people... Some people believe that they, they could have been a part of the women that were praying with Lydia in Acts chapter 16. I don't know that. But some people believe that that could have been them. But here's what, here's what I know for sure. They're, they're locking up of horns. It threatened the health of the whole body. The whole body was threatened by, by, by their quarrel, by their problem. And, and here's Paul is, is there to confront it. Paul is there not to just confront it, but he calls them to reconcile. Like he doesn't just confront it, he, he, calls, them, uh, he calls them to reconcile. Now, so here's what happens. These two women... They have an issue, and so uh, Paul is Paul is there, and and uh, for what it's worth, Sean, I th they think it was Epaphroditus that told on us. So next time you see him, you want to get him in a dark alley somewhere, rough him up a little bit. You, you can do it. so. So they, they they believe that it was Epaphroditus, uh, you know, that that probably told. Paul, what was going on when he carried the letter back? He, the Bible says he, uh, he, he was bringing Paul a gift, and he, and he uh, brought the letter back. And, and it's probably Epaphroditus that told Paul about what was going on. And, 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 and you may say, man, Epaphroditus is a tattletale. Well, listen, I, I don't know about you, um, but I'm really grateful that he did that. 
Because I, 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 I've been in this church now for 10 years, and I've watched a lot of people that didn't have the backbone of Epaphrodites come in and go out. What's, what, what do you mean? I've watched a lot of people that didn't have the backbone to tell the truth about other things that they had seen go on and had heard go on. We're not looking for tattletales in this church. No, we're looking for somebody to be an Epaphroditus. We're looking for somebody that knows when, you know what, it's, it's time to get somebody else involved. When peace is disrupted, it's time to get a leader involved. Not, we're not talking about gossiping. But we're talking about seeking help from somebody else. Look at verse number 3. Look at verse number 3. He said, I entreat thee also, true yoke fella, help those women which labored with me in the gospel with Clement also and with my other fellow laborers. So I, true yoke fella, we don't know who this is, uh, but he does enlist uh, Philippian at that place at that time. It seems like it would be a, a singular deal, the true yoke fella. To reconcile these two women. He uses a godly leader. He uses a godly leader that is working in amongst with Paul to work together and bring these women back together. Somebody, and what is a true yoke fellow? Well, I think Paul uses a great word. Uh, I, think, I think the Bible uses a great word here because this it gives you and me the understanding that, that you, you only enlist people in this position that, that are working together that are pulling together, that are plowing together, that are harvesting together, that are discipling. Does that make, have I made my point yet? You don't enlist somebody that is not bought in lock, stock, and barrel. Why? Well, because you don't know whose interests they're going to have. You don't know if they're going to have their interest or the interest of the body of Christ in the health of the church. Right? Does that make sense? So, so what does he say? What does he say? I need you to help these women. I need, I need, I need you to help them as they serve in as they have served the Lord with me. They, I have loved them, and they have served the Lord. And, and so I need you to give them some counsel. I need you to help correct them. Somebody that, that's outside maybe of the certain situation, but a true yoke fellow in the Lord. Okay? Now, here's, here's what we don't know. We don't know that either one of these women listened. I mean, we hope they did. I want to believe they did. I want to believe that they didn't get mad. And after all, after they've labored so hard with, with Paul in the ministry, I want, to, I want to believe they didn't get mad and just run off. I want to believe that they, they thought enough of the church that they were in, that they were bought into so much that, that you know what, uh, that their feelings being hurt their feelings being hurt about a certain situation um, wasn't going to cause them to dip out that easy, right? I want, I want to think that. But you know what? I've seen a lot that didn't. I've seen a lot that didn't stay. Let me give you this last one, and, and we'll, we'll be done. Um, now, I've always looked at this verse in, in a different light 
until uh, until I started studying uh, Philippians. He says, "Rejoice in the Lord always." And again, I say, I say, rejoice. Joy, joy must be prioritized in conflicts. Joy must be prioritized in conflicts. Now, why? To have peace. Why? To have peace. Like, like joy must be the priority. Well, how do I get, how, how do I, well, rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I say, what? Rejoice. This word rejoice means to have joy. And the command, it, it's not a passive command. It, it, is, it is a literal command to, to make yourself joyful because you can choose to rejoice. It's a choice. This word always means every way. Whichever way things plays out, whichever way they go, if, if, if one of them gets mad and leaves, if both of them gets, whatever the situation, if you're sitting down with somebody, and whatever the situation, however the situation goes, the good times, the bad times, whatever way it plays out, I want you to rejoice. Now look, you know what? I know that's hard. <laughs> I know, I know that is super hard. Why? Because in the midst of strife, in the midst of offense, in the midst of hurt feelings, in the midst of, I can't, I, I, I don't trust so and so, and I don't trust, you know what? God calls you to rejoice. So I don't want to rejoice. Well, that's where we learn uh, that joy is not dependent on what you want. That's where we learn that joy is not dependent on your circumstances. That's where joy, we learn that, that joy is not even in all the harmony that you think life should bring you. That's why we have to rejoice. And, and so Paul repeatedly, he implies with this repetition that you must choose to rejoice. Why? Because sometimes it is just a choice to rejoice not in things but in the Lord. Man, listen, we sitting here on Sunday. A, a, a guy with no thing. And look, I, man, I, I hope Sunday stirred some of us to see that, that, that a heart of ungratefulness, a heart that has no thanks, a heart that has no pray, uh, praise, a heart that has no inside joy is only there because they refuse to have it. Because there ain't a person in this room that can't take out a notebook and write down a hundred things that you're thankful for right now. Man, at the top of it, every child of God ought to, ought to be able to pin, at least be able to pin. Jesus Christ saved my soul. And that was enough. Rejoicing, rejoicing it's got to be in the Lord. It's got to be in the Lord. So I, I, I'm in the middle of all that, in the middle of, of this contention between these two women. We got to rejoice. There's been a bunch of times. There's been a bunch of times here that it was so bad 
And maybe it's easier at other churches. I, I don't know. I, my buddies say it ain't, so there's that. I got a lot of friends that pastor churches, and, and it ain't no easier anywhere else. They just deal with different problems. They have more problems. Some of them have more people, so they have more problems. But sometimes the only joy I can actually seem to muster up is in, in Jesus. Like I don't have I don't have I don't really have anything else to be happy about. Like not because sometimes I don't know, uh in ministry when you're in a position, and it doesn't matter what position of leadership you're in, sometimes there's this perpetual state uh, of on your back that tell that you're looking at that you're a failure. It doesn't matter. It's all levels of leadership in church. And it gets higher as it goes up. As it goes up the ladder, it gets higher. And so God always calls us to rejoice, not in people, but in the Lord. So we don't have time to go. There, there's, there's kind of a, a, a there's kind of a a peacemaker way of of understanding things. Uh, and 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 working through understanding uh, how how we can how we can come to an understanding of how these women gained maybe their relationship back. But here's and we don't have time to go through that tonight. But the text begins with standing fast on the Lord, and it ends in verse number four with rejoicing in the Lord. It starts with standing fast in the Lord. And it ends with rejoicing in the Lord. And, and, the, and the reason that is such a big deal is because it's got to start and it's got to end with the Lord. And Paul knew. Paul, as he is pinning this thing down under the inspiration of the Holy Ghost, is knowing that if these women don't see the opportunity to see Jesus in this conflict resolution, they'll never get it right. You know, that's the truth for every single one of us. Any conflict that we have that we need to resolve, every single one of us. If we don't see it as an opportunity for Jesus Christ to be glorified, we'll never do it the right way. Don't matter what it is. Don't matter where it's at. We'll never see it like God's called us to see it. Let me give you one verse and then I'll pray. Proverbs 12 and verse number 20. Deceit is in the heart of them that imagine evil. But to the counselors of peace, you ready? Is joy. Deceit is in the heart of them that imagine evil. But to the counselors of peace is joy. Proverbs 12, verse 20. If you want to imagine evil on your brothers and sisters, you fell into the trap of deceit.
and deceits in your heart. You want to constantly, you want, you want to constantly uh, be be a person that is 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 fell into this imagining evil. But to the counselors of peace. You ever, you ever been in a relationship with somebody and they hated somebody so bad but you didn't have a reason to hate them? But somewhere, somewhere in there, you're like, man, I don't really even know these people. I don't really even think they did nothing that wrong to you when you tell the story to me. But you like that person so much that you're like, yeah, we got to get them. And before you know it, you've even imagined some evil that you, you didn't even see. Before you know it, you, you, you imagine an evil that really wasn't even done. It's perceived evil. Like, 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 like it's premeditated. Well, they could. Well, let's hang them on the courthouse square. No, no. What, what if, what if we were counselors of peace? What if we were just counselors of peace? Well, you know. It's a good thing if the Lord showed you who they were right now. God can change your heart. You know what? There's a lot of joy in that. There's a lot of joy in that. You know as well as I do. Let's pray. Thank you for thank you for giving us uh, giving us a word that we can trust and God that we can preach it. And Lord, it it does its work on its own. I thank you for just being good to us. Lord, thank you for the spirit that convicts each and every one of us on our own levels, at our own times, in our own relationships. Lord, thank you for using the spirit of God to convict me. Um, God, I love you. Lord, thank you for all the things that you, you've taught me. And uh, just... Lord, within the last couple of years, Lord, you've you've really driven down some things in my heart, and um, in terms of leadership, what godly leadership looks like. And um, Lord, it's a lesson that I'm always. It seems like I'm just it just never leaves, and I'm always learning it, and and then I have to relearn it. And then, Lord, I, I'll be honest with you. Sometimes it, even I get to the place to where I feel like, Lord, I I don't even want to say this again. 
Lord, I feel like I've said this a thousand times. And Lord, I feel like you've said it to me a thousand times. And Lord, I'm kind of tired of hearing it. And then, and then, Lord, you just really show me that I just turn on the TV and, Lord, I see the, the disunity that America's in. I see the disunity that the world's in and, and the fact that, Lord, that can't nobody live peaceably with men anymore. I go, I go to the high school down the road and, and God, it is just a free-for-all. It's just anger and hostility. And, and Lord, I, I pray... As repetitive as, as some of this may seem, Lord, in the you know over the long haul, God, I pray that, Lord, we just trust you and, and trust you that you're you've got this under control and you know what we need. And may we actually put ourselves uh, away to the side and prefer our brothers and sisters in Jesus Christ. Lord, I love you, and I love the fact that you are way better to us than we deserve, and you're way more long-suffering um, than we are at times with other people. And, and Lord, e even you, sometimes, Lord, we don't get what we want, and we do, do stupid stuff. Lord, I pray that you would help us. Lord, I, I pray, God, that you give us, uh, Lord, we're about to close this year out, and I uh, pray, God, that next year is is the best year we've ever had and um and god you use us for your glory in the midst of it lord i i, I love you and i i pray to bless sunday uh, lord again for char uh for nicole and her family god i pray that you use them i pray god that you use charlie and, and nicole in that situation lord i pray that you heal courtney god miraculously or do a work in her bring her out of this and and God, give those kids their mom back. Uh, Lord, if you don't, Lord, I pray that they could be a light to them. And God, that you could use them even in the just the thought of, of death. Lord, I pray for Jamie. Pray, God, that you, you, you take that situation and God, you, you bring him back to where he needs to be, a, a state of, of repentance before you. Lord, I, I pray, um, God, for us to get a burden for lost people, people that, that haven't came to faith in Jesus Christ. Lord, bless, bless us as we go. God, I pray that you bless us with our families this next couple of days. God, the friends that we'll see. And um, Lord, that we'll just we'll be extra thankful. God, that we're here. Got our families with us. Lord, you love us like you do in Jesus' name. Amen.